Welcome to the first ever episode of Pikes Under the Mic. Today we're doing a pre-free agency NFL mock draft. We've got a table of about seven diehard NFL fans. We're all coping with the loss of football. No longer can we enjoy watching our favorite teams on Sunday while simultaneously managing five fantasy football rosters. We feel the need to fill this void. And what better way than mocking the first round of the NFL draft? Without further ado, we go to Brandon, who's picking for the Jags. Um, so pick number one, I would say is very easy. It's gotta be Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think he, like going into the, the draft, he's basically going to be, um, he's the undisputed number one. He's the best talent, highest ceiling, lowest floor. I think he's, um, yeah, I, th- I, I think that's all I have to say for him. He's pretty much the undisputed number one pick. For sure. I know brainer. <laughs> no brainer. And with pick two. Who do the New York Jets take? I might get some bait for this, but uh, I think since uh, Darnold kind of ended on the season hot, they might go uh, a lineman like Penny Sewell. Wow. Oh, wow. I love it. No. Wow. I, love it. I don't know. They got to roll with it. One more year. Adam Gates is the cause of Darnold to be bad. Is that what you think? He might be. He's not Dude, a good coach at all. Hey, that – Tackle those tackles for the Jets would be crazy though. Beckton and him. Yeah, yeah. That's what and I'm saying. Like he needs protection. Dude, Sewell's like 20 years old too. I just looked it up today. He's yeah. like, I mean, he's young. They got he's pretty raw, but like yeah, they could develop him pretty well. Hundred I mean, percent. They, they did a really good job of developing Mackie Beckton. I mean, he's like he's raw size, but like they turn him into a legitimate NFL tackle mm-hmm. or guard. Yeah, guard. I think he's, so. He's yeah. a tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. I think you can play both. That's the yeah, that's the cool thing. But, but yeah, same deal with Sewell. Like, I mean, he's pretty raw, but if you get him in there and you develop him quick, he could contribute like day one. For so. sure. I think so too. All right, let's pick three. Ryan Kenny has the pick. All right, at three, especially with Penny Sewell off the board. If I'm the Dolphins, I gotta take Jamar Chase here. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's that 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 wow. That Bring it over to pick four. I think you can go chase over his Tua's college teammate. Yeah, yeah. I think that is if you look at Jamar Chase's downsides, there aren't very many. The only things for the Dolphins would be Devontae Smith was once teammates with Tua, as well as Jamar Chase was in such a prolific offense. You wonder how it'll produce somewhere else. But in my opinion, right now, for better receiver, you've got to give the edge to Jamar Chase. I think either way they go, they can't go wrong. Surrounding Tua with weapons like Smith, even Waddle, and definitely Jamar Chase is going to help that offense get elevated. Um, but right now, just the little bit of physical edge for Jamar Chase, as well as I think it's a little bit of that recency bias, seeing Devontae Smith has such a historic season. Um, and I think some people forget how dominant, talented Jamar Chase was. Yeah, Chase was, was mm-hmm. All right, pick four, we got Hunter Godina. All right, well, here's the thing. I didn't think there was any way Zach Wilson was dropping a pick number four. And I think if you're Atlanta right now, you're going into this offseason and you've got Matt Ryan locked up in a contract through 2023, big money contract. To me, I was going to say you take a long shot at quarterback here, but I think if Zach Wilson's on the board, it's a clear-cut number four pick. You're going with Zach Wilson, no question. Uh, They're taking Zach Wilson out of BYU. He was a beast in college. People have started that conversation about whether or not he may be actually the highest ceiling coming out of the college quarterbacks this year. Uh, the Falcons have shown some interest in him already. There was some talk early in the offseason that they might be interested in trying to trade up or something, trying to make something happen. Uh, I've seen the jersey photoshops, the fans love them. <laughs> uh, I think if Wilson's on the board here, it's a no-brainer. You got one, maybe two years if you don't deal Matt Ryan this offseason or next. Um, you keep him for another give one or two years while he's still under contract. 
you develop Wilson. The only complaints I've heard about him are just your usual, like not experienced enough, maybe a little too raw. He doesn't have the pedigree that Lawrence has, but you put him behind Matt Ryan, former league MVP, been to a Super Bowl, uh, put up 4,500 yards last season in a year when most people kind of wrote him off to being bad. I mean, the dude knows how to play the game. He's got the mental, even if the physical service slip. He'd turn Wilson into a baller. Falcons would be sick. Uh, I think I think it's an obvious pick if he slides this far. And wow. with pick five, it's me, Zach Cutler. I'm going to actually take Rashawn Slater here out of Northwestern for the Bengals. I know it's a bit of a reach. I know it's a bit of a reach. But with the way Burrow got lit up last year in the backfield, one has to think he could turn into Andrew Luck if they don't turn who's things he, around. Who's he throwing the ball to this year, though? Who's he going? I mean, yeah. I think they, they drafted so many, Higgins. He could, you know. And there's so many good free agent wide receivers this year. Yeah, 100%. Robinson, Galladay, uh, the Cowboys come out of Buccaneers. I, I just think it's interesting because I feel like you're Cincinnati early in a rebuild. Hasn't shown a lot of, like, opportunity to kind of spend money on the past, especially coming from a small market team. So it'd be interesting to see that. But I don't know. That's an interesting pick for me. Yeah, I think if you're the Bengals, though, you're you're more worried about the longevity of your franchise quarterback than you are about finding a weapon to throw to, right? Weapons will come down the line. I mean, if this is a dude you reasonably expect to be there his whole career, you'll get him weapons. It's more like, what can we do now to keep him from tearing his ACL again? You invested that number one pick in a quarterback in Joe Burrow. Fans and the team expects him to be there his whole career. I mean, we joked about it last year that he's going to die on the field if he doesn't get offensive linemen. But in reality, it's true. You've also got a late... Late round wide receiver talent, Bateman, Rondell Moore, Marshall out of LSU, a lot of guys that could fall um, and potentially be drafted as well as the free agents. Yeah, sure. With pick six, we got Ethan Byer. Yeah, so, you know, Eagles are sitting in a pretty interesting spot. Um, you know, after trading Carson Wentz to the Colts this year, obviously some people would think that they might be in the market for a quarterback, but I think that Philadelphia is going to see what they can get out of Jalen Hurts for this year. And so for this pick, in order to give them some help, I think in their drafting tight end from Florida, Kyle Pitts, he's like a Julio Jones, like slightly bigger, less athletic, more Mike or Mike Evans type of wide receiver slash tight end. Flex him out wide, move him in line. I think he's got a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism. I think that he might not be as developed of a blocker, but with the rumors from Philadelphia that Zach Ertz might get moved here, they might have a hold it. They might need him to fill. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Yeah, this is also Goddard's last year in his contract, so you have to think they're thinking about the future a little bit. The For sure. Yeah, yeah, Pitts is like, if you're not sure if you want a wide receiver or tight end, you take Pitts. Yeah. Like, it's he could contribute all over the field. He could be the next Kelsey for all we know. I mean, he's he's that type of player, so. For sure. All right, with pick seven, we got Henry. So this one is tough because, personally, I'm not sold on golf. So I could totally see if this were to be how the draft play out, I could see the Lions maybe making a play for Fields. But I'm personally a big Micah Parsons guy, so that's who I'm grabbing here. I think he's the best defensive player in the draft. He opted out of last season, but his Penn State career before that, he was a beast. The Lions really don't have any playmakers on defense either, so I think it's kind of a no-brainer at this point. Do you think any off-the-field issues or personal problems See, will affect this picture? I've, I've heard he's like a weird locker room guy, but I, I don't I don't know, obviously, the extent of that. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like at seven, like, I don't know. Because you, we, we don't know what they're going to do with Galladay. So I was thinking about potentially a Waddle or Smith here, but I feel like Parsons is the better asset in the long run. I think so, too. I mean, you look at their run defense last year uh, a couple of times, for, especially in week two versus Green Bay, Aaron Jones just torched them. And multiple times throughout the season, their run game was just not it. So I think that's a good pick there. Um, for pick number eight, back to Hunter. 
Yeah, so when I was originally thinking about what Carolina does at the eight spot here, I was banking on the quarterbacks being off the board more so. I didn't expect to get this far. Uh, and because they made it this far, I'm going to actually audible and say, I think Carolina takes my personal like favorite rookie coming out of this class, Trey Lance, quarterback out of North, North wow. Dakota State. Uh, now, here's the thing about yeah. Trey Lance versus Justin Fields, right? Everyone knows Trey Lance is an athletic beast. Dude played 17 college games. He had 70% completion, 2,800 yards, 28 touchdowns, no picks. Oh, and he also rushed for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. Absolute beast. The one game where he didn't play great, he put up four total touchdowns and one pick against Central Arkansas. His one bar on his whole career was one pick against Central Arkansas. Dude does nothing wrong in college. The only thing that people have said against him is that coming out, he's got maybe a little bit lower of a starting point. Fields might be better in the moment. But I think in terms of ceiling, especially with that young coaching staff and Matt Rule, who's had some really awesome success developing quarterbacks at Temple and Baylor. I think uh, Lance gets in there. They put him behind uh, potentially like an older free agent for a year, let him develop, get him in the, the uh, PA a lot with Christian McCaffrey and some of those younger weapons they got at the wideouts there. I think Trey Lance could ball out in Carolina, and I think he'd have a really awesome career there. I know Justin Fields might be the more, uh, the more hot favorite right here, uh, but I think they have really similar builds, really similar play styles, and a lot of the issues with them both come from vision and uh, things that kind of develop naturally in the NFL. And if you're going to develop it, you might as well take the one that in my eyes has the better better ceiling. So Lance is my pick at, uh, at eight here. I like it. Uh, back to uh, Brandon for pick number nine. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm at a bit of a tough, tough situation here because I – did not I did not I was not thinking that Fields would would be here still at nine, but I think that um, I think that Denver needs uh, Patrick Certain, the cornerback from Alabama. That's a good I pick. think oh, wow. I I really like the guy. I think he's the best the, the best athlete at cornerback in the draft class. I mean, 6'2", 197 pounds. I think he's the most athletic, and I, I think he will be a really good fit on that Denver defense, That's which is a much-needed position for them. So I would take him over Fields. So are you sold on Drew Locke, though? I, I think that with the weapons he's going to have around him this year, I'd say I, wouldn't, I think that they're going to give him this year and see what he's got and try and build up that defense, and then we'll just go from there. Yeah, that's fair. I think, I think he's got enough weapons that they're going to give him a shot. Yeah, but that like, defense needs some more. It seems like Elway likes him and like wants to see him succeed, which always helps when you got like younger quarterbacks. So I yeah. think if they put the camp behind him, he could be poised to have a good year. But obviously, the evidence was like quite strong that you got there, Lockheed, the guy for a long time. Yeah, so. no, for sure. Yeah, so that's and back to Mitch for pick 10. Cowboys are a tough spot. Uh, they might get a quarterback if uh, they don't resign Dak. Um, but I think they go defense here. Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. If uh, if Sertan was still there, I would take him for sure over. But, uh, yeah, they need uh, secondary help. Yeah. I, I think this year with the corners, it's – There's a lot of good corners. There's a lot time. of good corners. And I think outside of, like, that number one corner, it's really dicey on, like, who has what – who has who ranked. Um, I think that's a good pick there for the Cowboys. They definitely need secondary help. Um, a lot of their corners got burned last year, but – I think that's a great pick for the Cowboys. Um, back to Ryan for pick 11. Now we're at 11 with the New York Giants, and I'm actually going to take someone in Devontae Smith, who I had some questions Ooh. not taking at three. Um, 
Here, you're looking at the Giants, plenty of needs. Um, biggest, a big one is receiver. And I think if Smith and Waddle are both on the board here, it'd be hard to go away from receiver. Um, you could look at somewhere like an edge rusher, um, which they're a big need of. They haven't pulled a trigger in the past on that. Guys like Russo or Pay out of Miami and Michigan. Um, but with Smith on the board, he's going to give you that speed off the line. Um, I think they could potentially cut a guy like Golden Tate, who's getting up there. Um, he's going back into more of a role player position, and he'd save them a lot of money. Um, so I think Devontae Smith would not only help out Daniel Jones, but compliment someone like Darius Slayton a lot and take some of the pressure um, and attention off of those guys. For sure. I've also heard, like, I do think Tate is going to get cut just because of how they're going to have to work the cap this year. So that would totally make sense for them to go and grab Alex Smith. Back to Hunter for pick 12. Yeah, so I originally had the Niners at pick 12 taken, uh, thinking that he would slip this far, had them going to Alabama to get Mac Jones. But I think if Fields is still on the board here, I think it's a no-brainer. I like Fields more than Mac Jones. I think he's got a higher floor right now, and I think he's got a higher ceiling overall. The Niners are in a weird spot this offseason. They're going to be hurting in a lot of places. Um, they're getting killed in their cornerback room. I think they're leaving seven cornerbacks in uh, in free agency this offseason. Um, beyond that, they're also losing potentially Trent Williams to free agency if they can't meet his demands. One great way to meet those demands would be to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Get that bad money out the door. Take that money. Pay Trent Williams, one of the best tackles in the league. Protect this rookie. Invest in Justin Fields. It's a miracle if he slides to them at 12, so they've got to get on it. Use that money on offensive line. Use it to shore up your cornerback room. Bring in a bet. Maybe hit somebody in the second round or try to trade up and get a late first rounder. Uh, I think the Niners here, you got to go with Fields if he's on the board. If not, I'd still stay in the quarterback room and get Jones. But with Fields there, it's no brainer. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. Can you imagine the NFC West if that actually happens? That'd be crazy. I mean, they're already the most competitive division, and um, Fields goes to the Niners. Then you got Wilson, Stafford, Murray, Murray and Fields all in the same division. That's that's a deadly QB division. That's yeah, scary. I mean, I mean, this is a Niners team that – besides a, a terrible year of injuries and just absolute like nightmare year for that organization. I mean, they're one year removed from going to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I mean, the dude clearly was able to get it done that year. Uh, maybe if they had somebody who was a little bit more of like a an all-star quarterback, it could have been the difference maker in that year. But at the very least, he can get them there with the weapons they have. Shanahan's offense is awesome. It's a great offense to learn in. He did it with RG3 when he came into the league. Uh, I have no doubt he could do it with Justin Fields again. Um, he'll be able to develop in that offense, and then they can focus on using that money to protect him and get that defense stronger. I think the Niners, if they can get fields at 12, I think the Niners can be a threat to compete this year. Back to me for pick 13. You know, this is a tough spot. Um, the board kind of felt a little weird for me, but um, my favorite player in this draft, in this draft class, especially going first round, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Marlon Humphrey. Uh, big physical corner. He plays aggressive, and he's got a lot of swagger to his game, um, especially with Desmond King departing going to Tennessee. Uh, they need some secondary help, and uh, as we saw last year, time and time again, they got burned in the secondary. So I think this is a good pick for him. Um, just with the way the board fell, uh, I, I think Horn can definitely turn around that secondary in, in span of a year, especially with uh, Derwin James coming back off injury as well. And then now we are going to Bayer. <clears throat> yeah, so Minnesota sitting here at 14. Very interesting position. I feel like this team still fancies itself as some a team that can get back in the playoffs with a little retooling. And I think the biggest way to help them would be ensure that 
Kirk Cousins is able to succeed as their quarterback for this upcoming year, meaning that offensive line help, again, is another priority for this team. So offensive tackle from Virginia Tech, Christian Derisau, you know, big physical offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech, good, good, you know, good athleticism, good strength when it comes to the run game. Um, I feel like that's what the Vikings are really going to lean on, especially when they have Ezra Cleveland, Brian O'Neill out there as well, very athletic tackles. And so it'll be interesting to see how they shuffle their line to accumulate, like make sure he fits in on the team. But when you have like Cleo Mack in that type of division, you really want to make sure that your quarterback's protected. So sure. I think that they need to help him out as much <laughs> as they can. Yeah, especially, I mean, there's been, I know they're just like rumblings and conversations, but there's been talk about trying to deal with Kirk Cousins. Uh, I know one of the common trades that I've seen fan bases thrown around is Cousins for Garoppolo with a splash of picks in there. And if that's the case, whether it's Cousins, whether it's Garoppolo, whether it's somebody else, like you got to protect them. All those guys are uh, not the most mobile. You know, they're going to be prone to getting to hit a lot. And if it's Garoppolo, prone to get injured potentially. So lots to look for there with an offensive lineman. Uh, Henry with – so this, this is a tough one at 15. The Patriots – you have two. I, I'm debating between Waddle and Mac Jones here, but ultimately, with how bad Cam Newton was last year, I have to go with Mac Jones. I feel like I've, I've seen I've seen him go early in some of these mocks. I feel like I'm not completely sold on him, but I've heard some very very good things about him. And you've seen the success that Brady had with the Patriots. Obviously, Belichick's a defensive minded coach, but I think the winning culture that he had at Bama could carry over to New England and. Although maybe controversial, I think I'm grabbing Mac Jones here. I, I love Mac Jones at this spot. Like I said, I would have taken him at 12 with the Niners if Fields was off the board. Mac Jones, historically, when he was at Alabama, was incredible in short to medium range accuracy. And if we know anything about Belichick from the Brady days, he loves tearing people apart over the middle, short to medium range accuracy. You pair him with that offensive style. You get him somebody who, uh, you know, archetypically is a lot like Tom Brady. I know there's a lot of memes about them looking alike. <laughs> But in physical stature, in play style, I love this pick. Uh, I think it would do a lot for the Patriots. Yeah, for sure. Back to Hunter. Well, I'm glad you took Mac Jones and not Jalen Waddle, because at pick 16 with the Arizona Cardinals, I think you take Jalen Waddle. Wow. Uh, if he slides this far yeah. with Devontae yeah. Smith and Jamar Chase off the board, if Waddle makes it this far, I'm a little biased. Big Bears fan. Tom Waddle was awesome when he played for the Bears. Love Jalen Waddle too. Um, in my eyes, Waddle at this spot. You've invested so much in Kyler Murray in terms of seemingly pinning your future on him, right? You've gone out and you got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you've now added J.J. Watt on the defensive side of the ball. It seems clear that all the planning and efforts are going towards kind of this win-now culture. Waddle has done so much for the Alabama roster in terms of just kind of being a, a universal all-around piece. They've used him in the outside. They've used him in the slot. They've used him in the backfield. The dude is dynamic. as all get out. He can go anywhere on the field and contribute. If you're the Cardinals, this is the type of dude you want. Cliff Kingsbury is going to find a way to fold him in, and the Cardinals are going to use him to make their offense what they hoped it would be last year and try to compete in that NFC West division. I can only imagine him with Hopkins. Like, yeah, that wideout duo. That is just like nightmare material. That's the receiver they need. Kyler needs some help, too. D-Hop can't carry the whole team. Yeah, and you know what? D-Hop, as incredible as he is, arguably the best player in the league, or best wide receiver in the league, I should say. Um, They don't really have a speed wideout. They've toyed around with kind of Christian Kirk in that role. And they've used other wideouts on the Isabella. roster there, but the, Andy Isabella. But they're really missing like a staple speedster who is also just like a good wide receiver. Yeah. Jalen Waddle is a small mm-hmm. dude, but he's got an incredible catch radius, very fast. He'd fill that role perfectly. I agree. Uh, back to Brandon. 
So, uh, so with the the Raiders at pick seventeen, I think um, it was pretty noticeable last year that there's a big hole in their defense, and I think that that's a pick that they need to um, address. Uh, they had um, they were the third worst in points allowed at twenty nine point nine per game. So I'd say um, there's a lot of routes I could have gone here, but I'm going to go uh, Christian uh, Barmore from Alabama at this pick. Um, he, he was he was really good there. He was uh, he's explosive. He's fast. He's a really good pass rusher, and I think he has a kind of um, inside uh, disruptment that the Raiders need with kind of a lacking secondary. I think um, that pass rush uh, up front will be big for them. Yeah. Uh, back to Mitch. I think with uh, with eighteen and the Dolphins, same situation with, um, with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Got to protect him. I would go uh, Wyatt Smith out of Ohio State here. He's uh, I think he really. Yeah, I think he played really well for them. Um, he's a good lineman, obviously. That's what they need. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I like the combination for the Dolphin tier going wide receiver and then uh, offensive lineman. I think. I mean, they really like. Their defense is not bad. Yeah, their defense is yeah. solid, and we haven't seen enough out of Tua to know like mm-hmm. if he's going to be the guy down the road. I mean, if anything, we've seen the opposite that he like couldn't really hang this year. But you could probably attribute most of that, hopefully, to being you know a rookie and being in a weird situation. I think if you're the Dolphins, you put as much as you can around Tua this year. Yep. Use all these picks that you got, and if it doesn't shake out, you're back to the board looking for a quarterback the next year. I think that's. An, <clears throat> I understand the sentiment. I think it's an interesting pick, but picking a guy who's honestly probably going to stick in that guard. I don't know if he's going to be the pick that really helps them. Like you saw last year, Miami taking a cornerback who essentially had a net zero impact for him. Yeah. I think that this is a very similar move in my eyes. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to play out. Yeah. I like, I like Brian Flores a lot though, in terms of player development, especially. And I think anybody that get in that system, he's going to find a way to work them in and find a way to make it happen. And I think at this point, like if you're the, if you're the the Dolphins here, there's a few great names on the board here, um, but I like I like going with Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State. I think he's a great player. I think it'd be a good move. So awesome. Uh, back to Ryan Kenny. All right, here at 19, I've got the Washington Football Team, um, a team which could go a lot of ways depending on how free agency and trades go. Um, I was hoping really bad somehow Mac Jones or Jalen Waddle would fall here. Um, obviously, Washington needs to address a quarterback. I love Taylor Heineke, but it looks like they're looking for a guy for their future or build around, build a complete team and get a win-now quarterback. Um, Jalen Waddle would also be someone who would complement Terry McLaurin well if he somehow slips to them um, just because of that ankle injury or something like that. Um, but since those guys have been taken, I think I'm going to go Elijah Vera Tucker, um, offensive lineman out of USC. Um, he's one – He's a great offensive lineman prospect that I'm happy had fallen this far. Um, I think if this is the scenario for Washington at this point in the draft, um, you take someone like Vera Tucker and you build a complete team and potentially look for a quarterback in free agency or in a trade that can come in and win now with a complete team that you've built through the draft. Um, so I think that'll address some of the holes in their offensive linemen that have in their offensive line that have been left. Uh, back to Hunter. Yeah, so this was, uh, for me, the most exciting pick of this whole mock draft. Um, As a diehard Bears fan, as a diehard Bears fan, this year, just like every year, feels like our whole season hinges on this draft pick. Mm -hmm. We haven't been picking in the first round for, it feels like a millennium, so it's good to be back. 
Um, here's the thing. My draft pick in this spot hinges entirely on what happens in the offseason of free agency. Uh, our general manager, Ryan Pace, and head coach Matt Nagy are rumored to be given one-year extensions on a prove-it deal for the team. I don't think they're risking that on a 20th pick overall quarterback. I think what you can look for here would be the Bears trading up, trying to get a guy who could contribute day one, or more likely, and with my fingers crossed, making a move in free agency. You saw them put out big offers for Matt Stafford, Carson Wentz. Apparently, we've been willing to literally sell everything but the stadium <laughs> for Deshaun Watson, and it sounds like right now our big play is Russell Wilson. Hopefully something will shake out, but I think the front office knows that Nick Foles is not the guy, and there's nobody at pick 20 who's going to get it done. Here, I think we make a pick complimenting whoever we pick with that uh, that free agency move on quarterback. I think the clear and obvious answer is we set up our offensive line. I think we've got strong pieces everywhere else. And if we're able to find a quarterback and we can franchise tag or extend Allen Robinson and keep that receiving core strong, uh, especially with young studs like Darnell Mooney, Cole mm. Komet, and David Montgomery breaking 1,000 yards last year. Uh, they seem to have found something that works on the offensive line with Sam Mustafer and Alex Pars, but I think they really got to hammer it here. And I'm glad he slipped this far because he's one of my favorite prospects on the O-line. Christian Derisaw, the offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Derisaw is an absolute animal. Uh, the dude has incredible size and reach. Uh, I think something that I, I like to like to kind of share about this dude that I think is really cool. Coming out of high school, Derisaw weighed uh, 245 pounds. Uh, that guy's off the board. Yeah. Oh, he is? Yeah, he's oh, man. Oh, Bears fans. Oh, my heart. Am I right? no. Such a Bears fan. Oh, I was so excited. Minnesota snapped. I was so excited. I was like, you guys let me ramble on and on about a guy that I couldn't see. I was like, 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 it's okay. It's okay because then I can get my other favorite offensive tackle, Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. Nobody took him, right? No. Jalen Mayfield is on the board. All right. Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. So Mayfield, coolest thing, dude was a two-way player in high school. He played offensive and defensive line. Weighed only 245 pounds. Uh, from the start of high school or the end of high school, the one he was playing at Michigan, he gained 75 pounds and weighs in at 320 on game days on his last year at Michigan. Uh, he went from barely starting to playing all 13 games. Uh, and despite getting all that weight, he didn't lose a step. He kept his light footwork. He's got a few developmental things, but the Bears have really revamped their offensive uh, – staff especially with their offensive line coach Juan Castillo he do a great job he's worked with a lot of guys before that are coming in fresh with a little bit of uh, a little bit of kind of growing pains on them so I think they take Jalen Mayfield unless I can convince the draft to let me take Christian Darius off for the second time <laughs> uh, but otherwise I think Mayfield out of out of Michigan they got to go for a tackle we got good guards we got a good center get a tackle shore up that line hopefully for Russell Wilson and we'll make it happen I like to pick I was really hoping you would not go receiver there I was like, well, yeah. kids I think if, to me, it's, if, I, mean, I mean, you could have, well, I mean, he, he did mention, he thinks that we're tagging. I agree. Yeah. 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 So I, I think, think, I think, yeah. I think now I do think if smart. Mayfield and Derisar are both off the board and your next tackle option is farther down the list. Uh, Cause to me, those two are really kind of that second tier behind uh, Sewell and Slater. I think if you can't get either of those two, then you start to play the best available game. Uh, if Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith slides this far somehow, or if you can get say, um, like Greg Russo out of Miami uh, for like an edge rusher to compete with Robert Quinn. So you can hopefully get rid of that contract <laughs> soon. Real. Yeah. I, uh, I like those types of picks here. Uh, I even consider stretching a little bit on wide receiver, uh, maybe looking for like Kadarius Tony or Rashad Bateman or something. And the only thing there would be that if you make a pick that you like, maybe you consider not franchise tagging Allen Robinson, but I like going with the offensive line here if it's available Franchise tag A-Rob, dude is a beast. Get a quarterback that can throw to him and get protected by Jalen Mayfield. 
make it happen if you're the Bears. I love the whole line. Yeah. Back All to right. me. Sorry, I took the <laughs> No, it's, I can't believe that. I was so excited to pick there. So I felt like I was like on pins and needles waiting for him to slip to Chicago, and I must have just missed it. Been so focused that I missed him. So I'm picking for the Colts at 21. And with the way the board fell, I'm just in an interesting spot because they need a left tackle. Uh, Xavier Rhodes had a great year, but I think he's in free agency now. Um, they drafted that stud out of USC as a wide receiver last year. He had an okay rookie season. Um, but I don't know. At this spot, I feel like I'm, I'm leaning towards more of a tackle or I could go for a stud wide receiver like Bateman out of Minnesota. With the way that the tackles are looking right now, I'm probably going to go receiver here. Um, I really like Rashad Bateman, especially because T.Y. Hilton's leaving in free agency, most likely, unless he gets re-signed. Um, at the recording of this podcast, we don't know yet. Um, but I, I like Bateman. I think he's a stud wide receiver out of Minnesota. Big guy, great hands, 6'1", 210 pounds. Um, great frame. He's got really good route running. Um, pro comps to me, I think they're kind of useful, but sometimes I feel like they're wrong. But he kind of really reminds me of Devontae Adams, the way – Devontae Adams played in college. Um, Devontae Adams, when he got drafted, was actually kind of heavy like him. He's 210. Um, but I feel like if Bateman can come in, uh, drop maybe 10 pounds, get a little bit faster, he'd be a really stud wide receiver in the NFL, uh, develop him for a year or two, and he can definitely become a clear-cut clear cut number one. I think that's an interesting pick. Um, you mentioned T.Y. Hilton leaving. I definitely think that's a possibility, especially with um, you know him getting up there in age and – Colts kind of in the rebuilding of their offense with Philip Rivers retiring. I think that definitely could you see a wide receiver going here. Um, I, I kind of like that pick for the Colts. I think that you're correct. Michael Pittman, had a, I think he had a pretty solid rookie mm-hmm. year, but um, outside of him, I don't know if there's really anybody in that wide mm-hmm. receiver room who can step up and really take a hold and give a jolt to that offense. So I think that'd be a good Yeah, I mean, especially with the investment in Carson Wentz showing that you think that you can rebuild this oh, dude yeah. and make it happen. Like, if you think mm-hmm. so, prove it. Like, put the put the cards mm-hmm. on the table for him, give him the weapons he needs and make it happen. Next up is Bayer with pick 22. But I think that he's freaky athletic. I think that his production at the position in college this year was unmattered, and that's Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa mm-hmm. out of Notre he Dame. Fall. Yeah. And I'm surprised he got to 22. Yeah. Like, Guy's a stud, That's like a all guy. over the field, athletic. I think that, you know, he's a little bit on the wider side, but I think that if you're Tennessee, you have Rashawn Evans as your thumper. You have him as that middle linebacker who's going to stuff the run. He can play all over the field, but I think you need somebody to match up with those more athletic wide receivers and tight ends, especially out in space. And so I think he scratches a major itch for him on defense. I think he allows them to stay competitive in the AFC South going forward. Yeah, I love that pick. That's a good pick. I think that's a great pick. I think that's a talent that fell pretty far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had. I've it's seen tough when you're doing mock draft and yeah. you're trying to keep track of everyone who's gone, but um, that's a difference maker, especially for a Titans defense who really struggled. Obviously, you have Derrick Henry and you've got young weapons at wide receiver, um, but they really struggled to cover the pass. Sure. Like you said, if he can help with some of those athletic receivers and tight ends, that can be a difference maker for yeah. the Titans team. I will say I'd love to see if the Titans go that route. I'd love to see him address the edge rusher in an interior lineman on the defensive side in free agency. Uh, the only other way I could have seen them going here in the first round would be to take an edge rusher just because their pass rush was so abysmal this year. They tried to band-aid it with Jadavion Clowney. It didn't work. I'd love to see them try and fix something here, get a, a solid edge rusher like maybe Greg Russo out of Miami or uh, his teammate. I want to say Jalen Phillips is also a beast. Um, but other than that, I, I like the linebacker yeah. pick here. I think it's a more solid contributor than somebody on the line. I was about to say, it's 
that's another it's another direction I thought about going, but I didn't know of any of these adversaries present outside of maybe if you converted Mika Parsons to Edge, yeah. um, would be able to provide the day one impact that the Titans were looking for. Yeah, definitely so, fair. So yeah. I think that's definitely the best fair. route. Yeah, if, if if you can get this guy, then take him. 100%. And I mean, he was so good in um, especially the blitz from what I saw, and I feel like after you guys were talking about the it's Titans the struggling, and I think the yeah. scheme, I feel like the defensive scheme going into next season will be for sure. a lot of blitz, and I think he complements that defensive scheme. Yep. Really and that well. kind of helps with your pass rush issues too. Exactly. So kind of kind of cover some of the maybe weaker defensive yeah. line positions. All right, well, at 23, I kind of knew what I was doing here. I knew all along it was going to be a halfback. The Jets, I mean, trotting Frank Gore out there in 2020, I thought that was – Kind of pathetic. I love Frank Gore, but I, I don't know. I think Jets fans would be happy to move on from that. So with Sewell already added earlier in this draft, I think I'm going to go Travis Etienne here. Ooh. Because I, I feel like he's more dynamic. He has the potential to be a Dalvin Cook type running back. He's a dual threat guy, elite touchdown scorer. And at the end of the day, I think that's a valuable weapon that that offense needs. Do you like him more than Najee? Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, obviously it's him or Najee, and for whatever reason, I just think Etienne has higher upside. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Etienne can receive. He's a good receiver. Yeah, he's got yeah, great yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, Najee is a beast. Yeah, don't get me wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah he's, both. he's a Definitely. stud, but at the end of the day. He's also someone I could see falling like this. I could also see him going earlier, someone like the Dolphins with their second pick in for the first sure. round, um, addressing all the needs on offense, trying to surround Tua yeah. with the best weapons. So. Definitely a lot of options here. Mm -hmm. All right, so coming into 24 for the Steelers here, um, I was really hoping and praying that you guys were going to forget about Elijah Vera Tucker. I loved him coming out of USC. I thought he would have been a great fit for the Steelers. The Steelers need to take advantage of a draft with a lot of offensive line talent. Um, they're about to lose Alejandro Villanueva to free agency. Matt Fowler's leaving. Uh, they're going to be dealing with uh, Austin Ryder needing to be re-signed this year. To me, why resign Ryder? Let him go. Use the money elsewhere. You need to put some more offensive line and weapons around around Big Ben. Uh, I think the pick here is you take Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. Uh, I think he probably could have slid a little later, but if you're the Steelers, you're not waiting to see if he's there late second round because he won't be. I think you pounce on him early. I think you take advantage of a dude who is uh, a really smart player, an excellent run blocker for a team that had literally no run game last year and is probably going to be looking to take a running back in the second round. I think you're hoping to take somebody that could contribute, and you're going to get a, a team that's able to do things uh, here in the run game now that they have now that they have Humphrey on the roster. Yeah, I don't know. This is a, this is a a, tr a tricky pick here because there's there's a lot, a lot of needs. Well, a lot there's a lot of needs, and um, yeah, I did. Yeah, this is I did not. Um, that's well, you're building on top of Trevor. That's the kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. So I think. I think, um, yeah, I think I gotta go. Um, I think I gotta go offensive lineman. It's just it's tough getting down this low, kind of picking, yeah, kind of picking the guys that are like. Um, I I like this. This is low, but um, I like um, James Hudson out of Cincinnati. Really, uh, I do, I do. I know, I know. It's it's reach. it's low. Reach. I know that's a reach. Dude, but you're like a third rounder. I watch. I watched him a lot, and um, I think I, I I know it's a reach, but I think he's a big guy, and I think um, that he will fit in well on Jacksonville protecting Trevor Lawrence yeah. in, in, into the future. So 
Oh, yeah. That makes sense. All right, back to Mitch. Browns at uh, 26. I feel like they need some more defensive uh, talent. So I'm kind of torn between Dylan Moses and Joseph Osai, if I I butcher that. I think they're both going to be really good, but I would go Joseph here. Uh, He's bigger. Um, He did play at Texas, which is a competitive team. So not saying that Alabama's not, obviously. But I just think he's better overall. Um, Yeah, I think secondary or defense is their biggest need. So. Mm Yeah, I like I like Otsai a lot, especially on the edge. Uh, dude would have the ability to come in and contribute in the edge rusher spot across from Miles Garrett. That gives them a really scary pass rush. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they if they could shore up their secondary at all in free agency, try to maybe bolster their safety position a little bit more. Uh, I think that could be a scary defense if Otsai's lining up across from Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. Not to mention one of the best you can learn from. Yeah. In the game, yeah. So, just no more throwing helmets. <laughs> all right, back to Ryan. All right, we've got my Ravens at 27, um, and this is a tough one being a fan. Um, obviously, receivers on the minds of all Ravens fans, as well as other teams around the league looking at the Ravens. Um, but in this spot, I'm actually going to go away from receiver. Um, I think there's a very big potential. It's tough here. Kadarius Tony fell. Um, personally, I'd like to see him take a more physical receiver one, like Jamar Chase, who can go up and win 50-50 balls, someone like Terrace Marshall, um, out of LSU, I could see them taking. Um, I'm actually going to address their need for an edge rusher here, um, assuming that they aren't able to get back Judon and Ngakwe in free agency, as both of them are becoming free agents. Um, so then, following in this draft, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Russo and Pay are still here. Mm-hmm. Um, Pay out of Michigan, I think, might have more immediate impact, um, but Russo's ceiling is why I'm going to take him here at 27, um, at 6-7, and pitch the ceiling. He might be less refined right now, um, but I can see him making a huge impact for Ravens' defense that helps them win games ultimately. Yes, they have weapons like Lamar Jackson on offense, but I think their defense is the difference maker. Um, but if they do go this route, I definitely want to see him looking in free agency, um, potentially for a big receiver like an Allen Robinson, although he'd be expensive, or potentially looking out the directions at – someone like a Marvin Jones. Um, but I definitely think in the long term, they need someone who can make a big difference, mm-hmm. um, not just another role receiver. Um, yeah, they definitely need to avoid kind of like turn styling that defensive line, right? You don't need to like keep cycling in new guys. They tried it with Ngakwe. You don't need to like keep cycling people through. I think you're definitely right. A good edge rusher like Greg Rousseau, dude was an absolute animal in college, just tossing people around. He would come in and contribute immediately and give them a pass rush. Yeah. So. How, how can you block him? Yeah. He's six seven. I wouldn't want to. No, yeah, yeah exactly. He's Our, a scary guy. Yeah, it's a good choice. All right, back to Hunter with the Saints. Oh, I'm so glad that we made it here because this is probably my favorite prospect in the entire draft. Uh, the Saints are in rough shape going into this offseason. They're at 62, 63 million dollars over the cap, projected to get up to 80 million by the time free agency ends. Uh, they're also losing guys like Trey Hendrickson, Alex Anzalone, uh, Jared Cook, and potentially Jameis Winston for agency. Uh, realistically, with their situation, only guy I see them resigning out of that group is, is uh, Jameis Winston. Seems like it's where they're going to go for quarterback. And they're giving up a dude in Trey Hendrickson who gave or who put up a, a second in the league, 13 and a half sacks last year. Alex Anzalone, they're giving up somebody in the linebacker core. Uh, they're really just rocking with Demario Davis now. 
they're waiting on Marcus Davenport desperately to have a breakout year, but between pass rush and pass coverage in the linebacker and defensive line, they're missing a lot. I think the most underrated prospect in this entire draft and the dude that nobody is talking about when they should be is Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa University. I love this dude. He is absolutely incredible. He put eight games this season, and in eight games he put up seven and a half tackles for loss, 54 tackles, four sacks, four picks, two fumbles, one recovered, and two defensive touchdowns on over 150 yards returned. The dude is an absolute animal who can do it all. He can put up sacks. He can pass rush. He can come off the edge. He can drop into coverage. He's fast enough. He's 6'4", 260. He's a big dude. He'll stop the run. On top of that, he also won the Bronco Nagurski Trophy and Chuck Bednarik Award, both of which are the best defensive player in the country. I can't believe people aren't talking about this dude more, especially in contention with guys like Micah Parsons. I think his name should be right up there. I think he's got just as much potential, and I think he's really, really good, especially in the ball handler acquisition. The dude always has his eyes on where the play is at, doesn't get looped up in fakes or play action, incredibly good at staying with it. I think Collins is a no-brainer here. I think he's going to be a saint for life. I think he's going to be a crazy good player in the NFL. Uh, yeah, if I'm the Saints and, and Zayvon Collins makes it to our pick, I'm jumping for joy. Sean Payton should be happy. This solves a lot of their issues on the defensive end and opens up a lot of money for them to try to hopefully fix their cap issues. I think you're right saying Collins will definitely fly under the radar. Um, not as well known coming out of Tulsa University. Um, they were actually the only Division One program to offer him a scholarship. Um, I think coming out of high school, I believe he was a starter at quarterback as well as linebacker and safety. So Duke can really do it all. That's where that versatility comes from. Um, but like you said, he can make a play in just such a variety of areas. Um, which I think is why he'll, he'll be a real difference maker for someone late in this first round or someone even taking a chance on him early. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would know. say if I'm a team that needs a contributor in the inside linebacker position, I'm taking Collins – or outside linebacker, sorry. I'm taking Collins as early as I can get him. I'm not worrying about whether or not he'll still be there later in the round. I'd take him as early as I could find him, even if that's early to mid-first round. I love this dude. a big personal fan of him. I think he's an awesome player. Uh, if there's any concerns about Parsons or any other uh, inside or outside linebacker candidates, I think Collins squashes them. Uh, dude, it's nothing but raw potential on every side of the every side of the linebacker position. So I love him for this pick. Back to me, which I'm picking for the Green Bay Packers, the best team in the league. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, okay, as a Packer fan, last year's draft did not go as I thought it would. Um, Obviously, the whole love pick and the controversy with that. And they didn't take a receiver in the whole draft. <laughs> take another quarterback. Yeah. Are they going to take a receiver this year? I'm going to be honest. They, they won't. They won't. They definitely could. They could take a punter. They did, they did a couple of years back. Uh, but really, what I see here is the Packers in the NFC Championship game, two things were exploited. The cornerback two and the right tackle. Uh, all game long, Aaron Rodgers was under duress, getting sacked, got hit too many times. And, of course, everyone's favorite corner in the league now, Kevin King. Um, <laughs> well, I do like Newsom out of um, Northwestern. I feel like with the way the board fell and the value of the pick, I can't pass on this tag. Kevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. I mean, I saw multiple mocks where he's going upper 20s, uh, even in like the teens. But – I think right here the Packers need a right tackle. David Bakhtiari is probably going to be out for maybe the first half of the season. We don't know yet. So both tackles are kind of looking uh, sketchy. But Tevin Jenkins, uh, he's played all over the line in his college career uh, and really blossomed at right tackle in the last two years. Um, he's a great run blocker, and he can 
He's pretty good at pass blocking as well. I just don't see how the Packers can pass on him right here. Um, as much as I'd like to see him take a receiver, um, they have a history of just not taking skill players in the first round. Uh, last time they took an offensive tackle in the first round, that blossomed to be a great player, Brian Bulaga. Too bad he's not in the Packers anymore, but he's still a good player. They just didn't have the money for him. So I think Tevin Jenkins, uh, I think that, that's the pick here. Uh, I could see him taking like Greg Newsom at corner or something like that. Um, but I, I don't see him taking a receiver. I think Tevin Jenkins is the pick. Yeah, the only the only thing I could see making him want to go a different way would be uh, if Kadarius Tony's still on the board, I could see the Packers considering it. Um, solid player could contribute, but mm-hmm. I agree. I think I think the offensive line is yeah. really what you got to worry about. I mean, Rodgers is getting old. He's not going to get any younger. You got to start to worry about, mm-hmm. you know, if he's going to play at the level he did last year, an injury – shuts your whole team down. Oh, yeah. So you got to look out to protect that. You can't be asking an older guy like that to be running around back there scrambling for his life. He's earned the right to have a good pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's proven he can do it without the receivers. So I think if you're the Packers, you shore that up, oh, you yeah. can happen. Mm-hmm. All right, now What would going... you think about uh, Pat Frymouth here for another weapon? I could. I just – I don't – like I said, the Packers just have a history. They're not – they don't draft skill players in the first round. Usually they, they hit on they hit on receivers in the second round. Then the Steelers just are really good uh, organizations at, at finding those second round gems. You know, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb. I mean, second round picks at receiver. Uh, the Packers are usually pretty good at that. Uh, but I mean, it's a possibility. I just I feel like the way Brian Goodkins values uh, the team and, and picks. I, I think he picks based on value here rather than need. So uh, I'll take tackle. Uh, and I think that's the pick. Now to Byron. Yeah, so Buffalo sitting here at 30. I think that a lot of directions that they go, I think that they showed that they can go toe-to-toe with the best in the NFL this past year. I don't think that's a question. Acquisition of Stefan Diggs really elevated their offense into an upper echelon level team. So I, I think that they still need to continue that. I think that the fact that Cole Beasley, who is a really, really good slot receiver, the fact that he's still like, when they're like number two receiver on the bills might be a small issue and really looking at this board it comes down to two people in my opinion or three you know you could go three tony's still on that board you know i think it'd be an awesome thing in that offense um you also see terrence marshall jr coming out of lsu size that stuff on doesn't necessarily have i think he brings a completely different downfield element to that deep or to that offense or you know they already have a pretty solid one two running back punch but Again, like you see Najee Harris is up on that board as well. Not the direction I think they go, but a direction they could go. I think they still go Kadarius Tony though, if they're in the situation. Mm-hmm. Dynamic playmaker in the open field. I think he's like, he's been compared to Percy Harvin. I think that he has the potential to stay a little bit more durable. I think he has the potential to do more as a wide receiver in that sort of aspect. And I think that with both him and Stefan Diggs on the field, it's going to be tough to double team Diggs. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think yeah, that's I mean, a big for them. Tony has had success literally lining up anywhere on the field. I mean, he's like a chess piece. You move him anywhere on the field, you line him up, you tell him what to do, and he's going to do it. He's like, uh, I, to me, he reminds me of Percy Harvin, but almost like less gimmicky, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's less, you know, he's not like your taste of hell where you're going to throw him in at running back and be like, oh, check this out. Like he's legitimately good enough to get back there in the backfield. Uh, I love Tony here. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I think this is one of those picks, especially when you look at best available, Tony slipping down this far. Um, also, that's a Bills offense that I don't know if many teams have all the corners to guard up against those many talented receivers. Stephon Diggs, obviously a stud. Colby is such a difference maker. Um, not one that draws a lot of attention, but can make such huge plays. Um, then you've even got guys like John Brown, who his future is in a little bit of question, um, but he was robbed of a lot of games due to injury. 
last season. So if he comes back, in addition to someone like Tony, watch out for the Bills in the AFC. Yeah, I find it interesting that you brought up them possibly drafting a running back. I was when I was looking, I thought that could be a possibility, but I, I do I do like the wide receiver pick um, a little bit more. Um, I think yeah, like you guys have said, I think it's going to be very difficult to guard all of those receivers. But I do think that um, them possibly drafting a running back could be an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, and speaking of wide receivers, at 31 here, I'm going with one of my favorite players in the draft, Rondale Moore. I, I absolutely love him, and I know you might this might not necessarily be the biggest need for the Chiefs, but I truly feel that he's a can't-miss player. I think pairing him up with Tyree Kill and Nicole Hardman in that Andy Reid offense would be insane. I mean, this man single-handedly beat Ohio State in 2018. I think adding him to that offense is a true weapon mm-hmm. that they can take advantage of. I guess my only question is, is he going to be healthy? Like, is he going to be healthy enough? <sighs> does he have the size to stand up to NFL defenses? Yeah. Is he, like, yeah, you mentioned 2018. He single-handedly defeated Ohio State then. Where has he really been since then, though? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think what kind of his situation with Purdue was this year was, like, he, you know, with the uncertainty of the season, I don't think it was worth it for him to throw his body out there all the time. So, I mean, obviously, I think that's one of the reasons why he's still here at this point in the draft is because of those concerns. But I feel like if he can put it together, he's a steal this late in the mm-hmm. draft. Yeah. Yeah, so. I like him here as well. Uh, the only other receiver that I would compare him to in this draft as, like, potentially viable here would be to take Terrace Marshall Jr. just because he slipped this far. I don't hate putting a big guy opposite of Tyreek Kill. Yeah. Give somebody besides Travis Kelsey some size. But I also really like Rondell Moore as well. Big Ten fans obviously have seen a lot of him, yeah, sure. um, so I definitely I think he's I think he's a great pick here for Kansas City. Well, like Bayer, like what Bayer said, I mean he's 175 pounds. He's going to have to put on some weight. I mean, then again, Hollywood Browns just as light as him, if not lighter. Uh, but you're going to get beat up by NFL linebackers that are yeah. 220 plus pounds. You know, which, which is why I think he is still 131. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That's interesting. You bring that up. Um, Guys like Tyreek Hill with that small size definitely can be difference makers. You also see someone like Marquise Brown coming to the Ravens, and that's proven not to be that number one guy, difference maker. They definitely need someone more physical alongside him to really make a difference in that receiving core. So Rondo Moore, definitely a special talent, but especially with injuries and stuff, which type of small receiver will he turn out to be? Yeah, we will see. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of it's just going to come down to what their, what their goals are scheme-wise for the next year. I mean, if they're looking to be like – uh, you know, this super dynamic, fast-paced offense that they have been in the past that's going to be running all over the field, doing all sorts of trick plays, lots of lateral movement, then I think Rondell Moore fits that scheme perfectly. But I could also see them saying, all right, we've got enough speed, we've got enough in Mecole, and we've got enough in Tyreek Hill. I can see them going a different way here. But I also I also think that Rondell Moore, it's a dude where if you like him, you like him. Like if, if the Chiefs like Rondell Moore, he's the guy. And I think anybody who watches him knows that if you watch this dude and you fall in love with his play style and the way that he runs the ball and the way that he receives, I think it's a good pick for the Chiefs, especially if the mm-hmm. coaching staff feels like they can really use it well. Mm-hmm. The only other thing I can argue for this pick is in our offensive lineman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Super Bowl was not great for Mahomes. No. Yeah, they definitely got rushed a lot. And so. But that was also due to injuries, too. Well, yeah, but still, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. three of our linemen are going to be free agents. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. your heart is a free agent. So yeah. I guess your only hope here is that you that you can shore those things up with free agency. Yeah, yeah. Under, under that assumption. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which obviously 
we will know a lot more oh, saying yeah. we do another one of these. You know, yeah, post for agency, it could be a whole This could be completely game. different Definitely. podcast, but they've got the money to re-sign their big names, so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, final pick, the Buccaneers. I guess I got them. So, as we saw in the Super Bowl, that defense was played an outstanding game, and I think that in order for them to continue to get back to that type of level, I think that Tom Brady's still there. I think that offense is in great shape. I think they're losing a lot of guys from that defense who I could potentially, you know, you know, I think that really helped them. And I think that an underrated aspect was the athleticism of those linebackers they had. They obviously had Levante David, um, forgetting who's Devin the, White. Devin White, White also sideline, sideline players. Mm -hmm. Obviously allowed them to hang with Kelsey in space, zone defense, you know, keep that middle of the field as small as possible. I think that Levante David is leaving. I don't think he's going to go. I think they'll resign him. But – I do think it's time to acknowledge that he might not be there for too long. And I think that a guy that they could bring in, kind of tutor him up and use him as a third linebacker kind of in that spread out defense would be Jabril Cox from LSU. Mm -hmm. I think that he's, you know, he's a little, I think not a lot of people know about him quite yet. I think that because LSU wasn't as uh, relevant on the national scene this year, I think he got a little bit less hype than some people thought, but he was like transferred from North Dakota state, extremely productive. Like, Prior to this transfer, he was thought as potentially a late first, early second round pick. I think that he's a linebacker who will come in, has great coverage instincts, allows them to kind of continue to do what they want to do with their defensive scheme. I think that adding him, allowing some time to put some weight on his frame, allow him to use his natural athleticism and short area quickness to continue to uh, develop as a playmaker on defense would be the best way to keep the Super Bowl window open for Tom Brady. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what I think they take. Oh, yeah, right. I like that pick there. Yeah, the only the only other name I could see the Buccaneers maybe liking an inside linebacker is Nick Bolton out of Missouri. He's the only one I had that high on my board. But I think you made a great point about that athleticism and speed. Bolton's a bit more physical and slow, and I think they would be wise to leave Bolton for somebody else. I think you were absolutely right about like the scheme fit that they need there. So, yeah, good shout. Yeah, I also think it has a lot to do with um, that's a, this is another pick where it has a lot a lot to do with free agency because. I could have also seen them going Harris here because yeah. I know Ronald mm -hmm. Jones is going to be a free agent and playoff Lenny was, I mean, he, he, Lombardi, he did, yeah. Lombardi, Lenny, yeah. he did, he did the trick for him this playoff. But I mean, I feel like if they're not going to resign Jones, I feel like Harris is a good um, out of the backfield um, weapon. Uh, weapon that, uh, that they could really need and that could get their offense going. That's just mm -hmm. a different route I saw going. I think it's interesting looking back at this draft um, after all 32 picks have gone. A few things I noticed. One, obviously, we talked about it. So much of this depends on free agency. Another reason for you guys to tune back in, um, but just something exciting. I think that'll throw around so many of these picks um, and what teams decide to do in the draft. Um, another thing I saw, we were very O-line heavy um, in this draft. A lot of teams yeah. with needs there. Not necessarily the sexy. It's not always the sexy picks. It's not always the one people take in mock drafts. Um, but that allowed talents like Ed Rushers Pay, Jalen Phillips, Harris Marshall, who Hunter mentioned, Najee Harris, um, the safety out of T TCU, Trevon Ore. That's a great talent. I could see a team like the Ravens picking best available. Um, and it also affected teams later in the draft, like the Ravens, who they do have a need at the offensive line, um, with Orlando Brown potentially getting traded. But – with all those going early. Um, also a team like the Bills, what do they do if so many good talents like Darius Tony fall? Um, you saw Ethan take Tony there just because of the best talent available. So 
Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting draft, and I think I think a lot of it stems from what we saw in the Super Bowl. I think it really put teams on on high alert that you know you can have all the weapons in the world, but if your line can't hold hold the defense back, it's over. And I think that is gonna highlight that combined with the talent pool coming out, like you mentioned, like it's gonna highlight the teams that they gotta address offensive line here. You can never be too young and too cheap on your offensive line, right? You never want to be, you know, it's it's five guys that you gotta have on your roster, potentially more if you want to have good depth. And if you're paying you know, big multi-million dollar contracts to all these guys who could potentially be locked up when they go into like major injuries and things like that. You just can't risk it. It's better to have young, healthy guys. And I think absolutely they're going to be addressing it heavily in here. It'll be interesting if we start rolling into that second round with names like Najee Harris, uh, Trevon Borig, guys like those who I had mid to high on my, uh, on my first round draft board. I mean, we were I think I had three different picks that I made in the first round there where the safety out of TCO, TCU, Morig, he was my next pick if my guy was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple where best available came into play. So I think you're going to see a lot of that in, the, in this draft. I think you're going to have a few teams in the second round that are going to be sitting there going, man, like, all right, maybe we should change what we're going for here. If we can get one of the best safeties, maybe we should do it. For sure. So, yeah. All right. If you made this far in the podcast, thanks for listening. We had a lot of fun making this. Um, We plan on doing two to three more. So if you really enjoyed it, go tell a friend about this podcast. Um, As we make podcasts closer to the draft, the draft's going to change based on teams' needs that were satisfied in free agencies and and pro days. Um, So as always, we'll see you next time.